Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Uh, I'm greatly stirred by this message. I've um, been mulling it over all week long. Uh, can I say this first about the message? Um, if I want to be a real preacher, you know I don't claim to be a good preacher, but I want to be a real preacher. And if I want to be a real preacher, no matter what I preach to you guys, um, I've got to apply it to myself first, right? I've, I've got to move up to it and, and uh, accept it, acknowledge it first of all. And uh, so I have had to do that. And I'll just be honest, uh, this message this morning is going to be um, it's going to be a little bit hard. Um, not hard as in I'm going to scold you or get on to you, but hard as in... Uh, this is just some meat this morning. Anybody here like meat? Amen. Tom likes meat. Amen. Amen. I mean, vegetables are good, potatoes are great, bread's all right, but meat. Do you like meat? Yep. Amen. But charge like meat? Yep. Amen. We like meat, right? And there's the thing about it. If you, you can have vegetables and you get hungry real fast, but you eat meat and it'll stick with you. It's kind of the way the Word of God is. We can, we can have a lot of fluff and a lot of uh, um, things that really don't do us a lot of good. And sometimes you get that meat and it sticks with you. And let me just say this to everybody that is here. Uh, please hear me. All of you that are here, all of you joining us online, you need this message. You need this message. I'm very confident. There's, there's not a person. If you listen to this and you think, well, I don't need that, then you weren't listening. You need this message. There's not a person here that doesn't need this. Uh, your pastor needs it. Everybody needs it. And um, so I'm going to really ask you to really pay attention. And, um, and I, I believe this has the potential to change the life of the Sandhill Church. I believe this has a potential to change everybody's life who is here. And i just be real honest. We need to move up to the Word of God. Amen? Now, we need to move up to the Word of God. Amen. All right? We need to move up to the Word of God. This, this isn't Gary's Word. If Gary gives you something, you don't need to listen to it. If, if the Word of God gives you something, you better move up to it. We need to move up to the Word of God. And um, so this morning, the, the verse that we're going to, uh, the passage we're going to is very familiar. Uh, there are so many Christian cliches today. And you'll see this on mugs and t-shirts, and it's just it's just uh, uh, touted about a lot. Um, so it's a Christian cliche. Uh, but we're going to look a little deeper this morning because just like uh, Brother Miguel shared with us um, some time back before all this happened, that uh, um, uh, for I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. That's not for, for hitting home runs and doing touchdowns, right? That's what they use it for, right? I can do all things, you know, I have Christ. No, read the context, read what it says. That's not what that is supposed to mean. So we're going to dive in this morning, a very familiar uh, cliche used in the church, and see if we can't find a little deeper uh, a message this morning. So if, you, if you're able, if you're not able, please just remain seated. But if you're able, let's stand and honor God's word. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, <clears throat> let's start reading with verse number 10. <clears throat> For thus saith the Lord. How many of you know anything after that is going to be important? Thus saith the Lord. 
that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work, my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Here's the familiar text. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me, and find me, when ye shall seek, shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all nations and from the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. I will bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. Let us pray. Father, I'm so thankful and just moved this morning to be in your house. So thankful for all that are uh, here physically and those joining us online. Uh, Father, I pray that you would remove me out of the way. I pray that your holy word would speak to us. And Father, we all need to move up to this message. May we uh, allow the Holy Spirit, Lord, to open our eyes and correct us this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. So... By the way, just in case anybody's confused, most of the time if you go to the Bible bookstore, it's going to be in a different version. It's going to say, I know the plans I have for you, okay? Just in case that confused anybody. But in the King James Version, it says, I know the thoughts that I have that I think towards you. And so, isn't that a profound thought in and of itself? God thinks about you. Isn't that a profound thought? Isn't it profound? You know, sometimes I wake up and I think about my grandbabies. I think about my kids. I think about my wife. When God, I know God doesn't wake up, but when God of a morning, he's thinking about you. Isn't that a profound thought? He thinks about you. His thoughts towards you are, are, um, are good. And that's, a, that's an amazing thought to start with. So point number one I would like for us to think about is God's plan. And we're going to just look, we're just going to take it right straight out of the Bible here, uh, what the Bible says. But God plainly tells them here. Now remember, God is speaking and he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know what I'm thinking about you. I, I've, I've got a plan. You know, um, if you look this word up, the, the word thought here, King James Version uses the word thoughts. Uh, if you look that up in the, in the original Hebrew language, it, it means the plan that I have for you. It means the plan, the purpose that I have for you. So God's saying, I got a plan for you. I've got a purpose. I, I've got something for you. I, I know what it is. Isn't that good news that God thinks about us? Amen. God's got a plan. But then he goes on to say, so you say, well, that, that's pretty cool that God thinks about me. But then we go on and look at it and he's, and he goes on to clarify and he says thoughts of peace. And he said, not of evil. I want you to know, I really want you to get this clear. I want you to know if you are a born again Christian, if you're watching this, if you're here, if you are a born again Christian, if you have been saved, I want you to
pick me? That is awesome. And now we're still in, in the plan of God. And God says, within this plan, I just want you to know that not only am I thinking about you, not only is it a good plan, and not only does it already have an experience, do I already see how it's going to turn out? He said, when you call upon me, I'll be listening. When, when, when you're in my plan, that is a good plan, and it's going to have a good end, but when you call to me, just trust me. I'm listening. I'm listening. Now, I just want to ask you guys, this is a theological question. If God promises you he's going to be listening, can he not be listening? He said, I will hearken. I will listen. So you are guaranteed when you are in God's plan, when God has a plan for your life and you call on him, he said, hey, I'm listening, child. What do you need? I'm listening. Isn't that great? I mean, that is that is an amazing truth. And, and, and that is verse number 12. And then we look at verse 13. How great is this? So, I mean, it just is good. It's a good plan. It has a good end. He said, when you pray, I will be listening. That's great. Then it gets even better. He says, and ye shall seek me, and you shall find me when you seek me with all your heart. Is anybody getting this? You're going to find God. God said, I'm not hard to find. You're going to find me when you're in my plan, and you seek me with all your heart. There I'll be. Sung that song, uh, you know, I think every one of us here can relate to that. Anybody here went straight astray a little bit, kind of got off course, kind of got out where he wasn't supposed to be, and all of a sudden, who was standing there? There's your shepherd. Oh, my goodness, what's he doing here? I'm in a bad place. What's he doing here? There's your shepherd. They sing that other song, that camp song, uh, you know, that we go through all of this, and, and we turn around, and there's Jesus. There he is. He's right there with us, right? So so Jesus is there. He's not hard to find. We just got to seek him. We just got to pay attention to him. So this is tremendous news. So the plan of God is good. He has a plan for your life. It is a good plan. It's not an evil plan. It, it, he will be there when you pray to him. When you seek him, you will find him. All that's fantastic news. All that's fantastic news. It, it gets even better. Not only is it a good plan, not only will he hear us when we pray, not only will he be there when we call upon him, but verse number 14 tells us, I'm going to take care of your problems. I'm going to take care of your problems. You're in captivity right now. you you got all these problems going on. you got these things. I will take care of you. Anybody here believe that, by the way? Anybody here believe God will take care of our problems? So God has promised, so he's promised he's going to hear us when we pray. He's, heard, he's promised he's going to, uh, fi- we'll find him when we seek him. He's promised that he has a good plan. He promised I already get, know what the end's going to be and it's going to be good. And he problem, promises I'm going to take care of your problems. I mean, hallelujah. Right? Now this is really good. And, and this is really great. And I'll just be honest with you, if I if I wanted to be, like a lot of other preachers and like a lot of Christians, we could just spend the entire morning on those those four verses. We could shout hallelujah. We could walk out of here saying, God is good. He's got a good plan. He's going to take care of my problems. He's going to hear my prayers. And it's going to be a good day. But you know, that's not what the Bible says. I tell you guys all the time about, about uh, context. And so you can lift verse 11 out. You can put it on a t-shirt. You can go around touting it. And most is how most people tout that verse. I know the plans I have for you. Not evil, but good. It's going to be all good. You know, that's not what that verse means at all. We're going to show you here in a minute what that verse means. That's not what that verse means. 
So if we take it in context, yeah, God has a plan. And yes, it is a good plan. And yes, it has an expected end. And yes, he will hear when you pray. And yes, you will find him when you seek him. And I say glory, hallelujah. And all that is fantastic. And all that is true. And all none of that changes. But in context, we got to go a little bit deeper. Point number two, God's process. God's process. By the way, I'll get to the title just a minute ago. And Josh or Renee or somebody, because uh, I'm notorious for this. I don't want to tell you the, the, uh, the title right now. But if I forget, someone raise your hand and say, you didn't tell us the title. Okay, uh, later on in the message. I don't want to forget that. But I don't want to tell you right now because I want you, I want to hold on just a little bit. But I want to look at God's process. So God has a plan. Everybody with me? God has a plan for your life. God has a good plan for your life. God is in control and it's going to be great. Amen? Preacher, I got some problems. Hang on. God's got a plan. Anybody here have any problems? Anybody here have any problems? Now, we have problems in life and we want to run to this verse and we say, well, God's got a plan. God does have a plan. Guaranteed. And, and, it, and it is a good plan. But God also has a process. See, we love the plan. We hate the process. Anybody with me? We love the plan. I love that God's going to be there when I pray. I love that God has a good end. I love that the fact maybe when Gary is an old man, it's going to be great. But God, today, I got a problem. Is anybody with me? Now, so let's go back to the process. So if we would just read 11 through 14, we could shout hallelujah, go home, and God is good, and everything is great, and there's no problems, and life is great, Right? But I would be doing you a great disservice because that's not what the Bible says. Because if we go to verse number 10, here is a, here is a uh, process. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years are accomplished. Doesn't that just kind of ruin the whole thing? I mean, I mean, everything I've told you up to this point was so good, now all of a sudden just ruined it, right? After 70 years. After 70 years, I will deliver you. I will, he says, I will visit you and perform good towards you, uh, causing you to return to this place. You say, what's the point, Pastor? I don't like this. I had to, I had to chew on this all week long. I don't like this. I don't expect you guys to like this, but I do expect if you love Jesus to move up to what I'm about ready to preach to you. There is a process. There is a process when you're a Christian. And sometimes that process is you're going to stay in that problem for a little while longer. Anybody here like that, by the way? Oh, man, fantastic. I get to stay in this problem a little longer. My problems aren't going away. It's just going to linger on. Right? I mean, isn't that what we want? And here's what I hear from most Christians. But Charles, most people in this, in this church, people come to me and they say, Pastor, I just don't understand it. I got a problem. I've been praying and it hasn't went away. You know, it's, it's been three weeks. It hasn't went away. It's been three months. It hasn't went away. I just don't understand. I'm praying and I have faith and I still have my problem. Who said God was going to take care of your problems right now? Who said that? Well, let, let me vent just a little bit. If you go to verse twenty, verse twenty, chapter twenty-seven through chapter twenty-nine, if you just read those, uh, um, there just in those three chapters, there are two false prophets in those two chapters. Both of those false prophets, God comes and judges them, but there are two false prophets. Anybody here know what those two false prophets were saying? This is all going to be over with. It's going to be short. It's going to be sweet, 
Babylon's going to come back. Nebuchadnezzar's going to bring everything back. We're going to be back in the homeland. Everything's going to be good. There's not. Gonna, and you know what they said? In the name of the Lord, I prophesy that this captivity will soon be over and it will all be back where we're supposed to be. In the name of the Lord. I'd like to label them the prosperity preachers of today. Everything's going to be good. Just trust God. You won't have any problems. Everything will be easy. Everything will be great. You'll never have any problems. And if you have a problem today, just trust God. It'll be over by tomorrow. How many of you know that's not Bible? It's not Bible. And I don't like that. If I had a way of changing it, I'd probably say, God, I I don't really. Let's change that part. Seventy years. Okay, let's just think about this. Let's just think about this. Guy comes to me and he says, Gary, there is a problem. There's a big problem. Good news, son. In 70 years, I'm going to fix it. That means I will be dead. That means Josh will be dead. And that means Kasem will be an old man. But I'm going to fix it. Right? That's what that means. 70 years, son, I'm going to fix it. So, well, the pro- the idea that I'm trying to get to you is God has a plan. It is a good plan. God is going to bless you. God is going to take care of you. God will be there for you. But we have this mentality that I should not have to suffer, nor should I have to go through anything. I should have an easy life. And if I'm a Christian, I ought to be able to pray and get all my problems taken care of. And can I tell you, that's not how it works. That is not the process that we live in. We are in a process where sometimes God gives us problems for our own benefit. It helps us to be what we're supposed to be. I was thinking about the fact, I know I've said this, I've preached this to you guys a thousand times, but I was thinking about the fact, I really, really, I've mulled this over all week long, and I really believe this is accurate, I really believe this is true, but do you guys know how I always preach to you guys that you can be guilty of doing something you should not be doing, and I can preach right straight at you, and you don't even have a clue. I mean, you walk out here just happy, but you don't have a clue. It doesn't get your attention, doesn't, yo, he's not talking about me, he's talking about somebody else. You know what sometimes God says? Um, I need to get your attention. You need a major, major problem right now to make you think. Now, all of you great Christians, you know, I look around this morning, we got a, we got a bunch of great Christians. By the way, isn't it great to have vision? We're so happy to have Sue with us and Angie with us. And, and we're not going to call Steve and Charlene uh, visitors anymore. They're just part of us, right? But, but it's just so good to have all of you guys with us. And we're just so thrilled. But I look around and, I, and we have great Christians here this morning. And we, we're, we're all doing great. But I do believe that sometimes God has to get our attention. And sometimes he does that with problems. And that's not popular and that's not good. But again, I tell you, it is biblical. And sometimes when those problems come, we say, uh, Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I'm listening. Now, I'll be the first one to admit it. Everybody knows this. I can be hard-headed and stubborn. And, I, and, and God has to, I told Renee, I said, sometimes when God wants to get my attention, he's really got to do something bad to me. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to kind of be like some of you guys, just, you know, just soft and easy and whatever. And God just speaks and I just do what he says. You know, sometimes I'm hard-headed. I don't need amens. I, sometimes I'm hard-headed, right? All right, sometimes I can be a little stubborn. And sometimes God says, you're not listening to me, son. So I'm going to have to put you in a really, really bad place that you don't want to be. And you know what I do when I get there? Okay, Lord, what did you want to tell me now? I start listening. But I've watched a whole bunch of you do the exact same thing. You won't listen to the preaching. You won't listen to what God says. You won't move up to what He says. All of a sudden, your life gets flipped upside down. You're in the worst place you've ever been in all of your life. And all of a sudden, you say, okay, God, what was you trying to tell me? I'm listening now. And here's what we really say. "Uh, God, I'll listen if you'll take this problem away. Right? And sometimes what He says is, no, I know you. If you don't suffer enough, you won't change. Amen? 
Now, this isn't fun preaching, but this, this will make you grow. I might as well give you the title now. I think, I think we're far enough in. I, I didn't want you to quit on me, so I wanted, I wanted to wait just a little bit. But I want to, I, I, the title of the message, Maturing Problems. I want to be a mature Christian. Well, you want some problems then, don't you? I want to be a spiritual leader. Well, you want some problems then, don't you? I want to be strong in the Lord. You're asking for some problems. Because you don't get there by having an easy life. Now, I, I, I don't know him personally, but that I've been following him a lot on, on Facebook and, and just has really, really stirred my heart. And, and, and I don't mean to spend the whole morning talking about him, but that brother, that dear brother, I mean, he seems just as humble and as meek. I went out and watched some of their church service and their preaching and stuff. I just want to ask this question. And he's an, he's an older gentleman. I believe he's been pastoring there for 45 years. Not a bad start. Uh, he's been pastoring there for 45 years. But I just want to ask this question. How many of you think that he could be doing what he's doing today if he's just had an easy life? I mean, he's had an easy ministry. He's never had anybody disappoint him. He's never had any problems. He's never had to deal with any difficulties. All of a sudden, the government says you can't worship. And he says, hey, I'm ready for this. You know what, God? This is what I want you guys to see. God started getting him ready 40 years ago when he started sending him major problems in the church. And he said, Lord, what are you doing to me? I'm trying to serve you. My life is falling apart. And he said, I'm getting ready for what's going to happen in 2020. And they tell you, I got to make you tough. I got to make you strong. I got to make you count on me. I got to make you trust in me. And you're not going to do that till you have some problems. And that is the way we grow and mature in the Lord. And can I just be realized with you? There was no other way of getting there. There's no other way of getting there. You can't get mature and, and strong and bold and all the things you need to be until you go through some problems. So Jeremiah says it's going to be 70 years. There's going to be a process you're going to go through. It's going to harden you. It's going to mature you. It's going to strengthen you. But it isn't necessarily going to be fun. I was thinking about the Sand Hill Church. We say it often, but you know, since I've been a pastor, we've had a lot of things happen in this church, haven't we? We've had death, we've had sickness, we've had, I mean, we've just had a lot of problems. And, and really for the congregation, the size that we have, we've, we've went through a lot. Am I the only person here that looks at Sandhill Church in 2020 and can look back at Sandhill Church 15, 20 years ago and see how much more mature we are today than we were back then? Does anybody know how we got there? Problems. Problems. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Why can't there be an easier way? Why can't God just say, okay, you can be mature now? <laughs> Why can't he just do that? But he says, no, you need problems. So I look around the church and I look at a lot of, a lot of people in the church who have went through major, major problems and they have grown closer to the Lord. And as a congregation, we have become more mature. And maybe like that brother in California, maybe Sandhill Church, when this virus came and we couldn't come together and all things happened, we were at a place where we had a lot of mature Christians who were ready to say, Pastor, it doesn't matter what the virus does, it doesn't matter what the government does. We want to worship the Lord. We're going to be in there. If we had a had easy sailing for the last 15 years, I don't think think we'd be where we're at today it takes problems it takes burdens it takes heartache that's how we get strong and close to God and God gets us where he needs us to be amen in my life pastoring now we got three young preachers with us and thank God for them aren't they a blessing so thankful for our three young brothers I watch them. I've never had young preachers before, but I watch them now. It's kind of, um, and, I, and I hope they'll understand as I say this, but I watched all three of them. Watch them very, very carefully. 
Um, by the way, they are my responsibility. And Brother Charles, this is what I see. I watch Josh and Miguel and Jacob, and I think, I remember when that happened to me. I remember when that happened to me. I remember when I went through that. I was a young preacher, didn't know what I was doing, and I remember the exact same thing happened to me. And they're like, what in the world? And I'm like, yep, that's what's supposed to happen. That's how you get where you're going to go. Right. It, sometimes the bottom falls out. Sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes you, you don't know which way's up. I can remember all those things happening to me. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, God's got a plan. God's got a process. He's going to make them great preachers, but they don't get there. Listen, nobody becomes, I told them when they first started, nobody gets to be a great preacher until God breaks you and molds you and does the hard things to you. That's how you grow to be a great preacher. Brother Jacob just stood up here and, you know, uh, uh, 24 years old. Is that right, Jacob? Young man standing up here and says, boy, when God, when they, when they uh, hold him up again, Jacob, I wasn't watching. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said that whenever the government says we can't worship, I still want to do it. You know, here's what I was thinking when he said that. Listen, church, this is real stuff. The day could come when they take me and put me in prison. I hope one of the mother boys stays said, I'm next. Is, is anybody with me this morning? Is anybody with me? Pastor's in jail, but I'm, I'm taking the lead. We're going forward. They put me in jail. I'm next. Is anybody with me? They put them in jail. The next one says, I'm next. Now, listen, if you're third in line, they've done put three of us in jail. What are you thinking? When you step in line, you know what's going to happen to you. But Mother Miguel, we do it. Because it is our duty. Listen, we please God. We don't please man. I'm all for be, for for safety. I'm all for trying to take care of people. I'm all for looking at virus. But when it comes down to the government telling us we cannot worship our Lord, we say we will worship our Lord. It does not matter what the Bible says or what the what the, the government says. I'm sorry. And I, and I and I have been questioning myself ever since I started watching that video. I've been talking to myself, but Darren, are you strong enough to stand when they tell you? Can't have church. When you know that going to church Sunday morning might be your last day of freedom, when you know they will come in and arrest you, will you still do it? And church, pray that I will. Pray that I will. And pray that when I stop, the others will jump right in behind me and they will do it. And maybe by the time they arrest all four of us, maybe there'll be someone else to jump in line. Amen. And we just and we just say, listen, we ain't stopping. We're going to serve Jesus. We're going to worship the Lord. If the cost is go to jail, we go to jail. Listen, I remember saying this back. I remember saying this back years and years ago. And back then it was kind of like a faraway dream. Probably ain't going to happen. Today it could very well happen. It could very well happen any time. I would have never. Sister Bessie come and told me this. I would have never in a million years. When she told me, I thought, Bessie, you don't know what you're talking about. It's never going to happen. She said, they're going to stop us from having church because of this virus. I thought that is never going to happen. It won't happen here. It ain't, ain't going to happen, right? It did. I said here this morning, they could, they could tell us, just like in California, you can't have church. Can I tell you, it could happen. That's what they want. They, they want to take our freedoms away. But we need to say, we're going to worship God. And can I just say this? I was kind of talking about the preachers this morning, but can I just say this? It isn't just the preachers. You guys need to say, when they say we can't worship, we will still worship. When we know there's a penalty, we'll still be here. We're going to worship God. Can you just imagine being in that church knowing that when you go there, you're already in trouble before you get there? I mean, you just know that. But you're going to do it anyway. 
Because God said to. Amen? So there's a process. It's not a great process. It's not a fun process. But God has a plan. Remember, it's a good plan. It's going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Uh, but you got to go through the process. The process is uh, um, going through that time of problems that you don't like. Now, number three, I would like for us to look at uh, God's protocol. Now, a protocol, if you're familiar, most companies have protocols, uh, people have protocols. What that means is in this given situation, you follow this protocol. At work, we have protocols, and, and if, if there's a fire, you do this, 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 and this. If there's a hurricane, you do this, this, you know, we have, we have protocols for everybody follow me. It's, it's the, it's the things that you do in this given situation. It's a protocol. So God's protocol. Now, I, you, I, you never hear anybody, I don't remember hearing very, very many people preach this at all. And, and this is, I'll just be honest with you, this is where we need to step up to the plate. So before I tell you what the protocol is, I don't want you to raise your hand. I just want you to think about the question. I'm looking out over, and I, hopefully there's a lot of people joining us online, but I'm looking out over this congregation, great Christian people. I've done told you God has a great plan. God loves you. I've done told you that there's a process that's not necessarily fun. And now I'm going to give you God's protocol. And I don't want you to raise your hand, but I just want to ask everybody here. Is there anybody here interested in doing what God says? What if it's not easy? What if it's really hard? Is you still are you still interested? Does anybody want to know what the protocol is? Does anybody want to know what we're supposed to do? So so before I give you the protocol, let me just say this. So so what are, what are our what is our problem? Maybe you just went through death. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe you just got a bad report from a doctor, and the doctor says you know you, you've got a, a serious health issue. You may not live. Maybe your finances are a mess. Maybe you're having family problems. Maybe you're having church problems or work problems. Or, you know, the list goes on and on. But you've got a problem. So that's the process. There is a protocol to follow. And I'm going to give you that protocol. And I really want to challenge everybody here to do the protocol. And I'll just be honest. I think most people do not do the protocol. Maybe it's because preachers aren't preaching it enough. And the reason I say everybody needs this message is because I've seen too many people not following this protocol that God has given us. So if we jump, jump back to verse number four, same chapter, just back up a few verses, jump back to verse number four, we're going to get the protocol that Jeremiah gives. Now this is really mind-blowing. you got to understand, I, I probably should have introduced this for those of you that aren't Bible readers, but I probably should have brought you up to speed on the story. But Israel has, has lived in the land of Israel, in the temple, worshiping for hundreds of years. They've had idolatry, they've had all kinds of problems, God's chastened them, they've went through all kinds of problems. Finally, Nebuchadnezzar comes in, carries them away, and they're in, they've carried away to Babylon. So now they're living in a foreign land, their, their temple's been destroyed, the, the holy vessels have been taken out of the temple, brought into Babylon, God's people are in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar is the king, Nebuchadnezzar is an evil, wicked, sinful man, pagan, but God used him to, to uh, correct Israel. Now all that being said, the strangest prophecy comes to the people there. If we look in verse number four, while they're in a foreign land, while they're under captivity, while they're living with the pagans, while they're not in God's land in God, with God's temple, while they're there, this is what God says. Verse number four, thus saith the Lord of hosts, better pay attention, the God of Israel unto all that are carried away captive. So he's talking to those in Babylon that have been carried away out of Israel. 
whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to unto Babylon. Build ye houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters and wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be Increase there and not diminish and seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray for the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. Can I just tell you that's mind blowing? Does anybody get this? Israel is taken out of the promised land. Their temple is destroyed. They're in captivity in a in a evil, pagan, idolatrous land. And God sends word by the prophets to them and says, listen, boys, buy houses, marry wives, have children in a foreign land. You say, Pastor, I don't I don't understand what you're trying to tell us. Okay, let me show you. You know what you do when you have a problem? You know what every one of you do when you have a problem? Listen, I've been your pastor. I know you know what every one of you do when I have a problem. Pastor, God needs to fix this problem. I am miserable. I am depressed. I am down and out. I don't want to go on living. Life is over. And I have prayed and God's not fixed it. And until he fixes it, I will be miserable. You know what God says there? You're supposed to keep on living. See, we have this mentality, God fixed my problem and then I'll, I'll keep on living. And God says, go on living with your problem and I'll bless you then now that's not fun I told you it's going to be meat it's not going to be easy it's not going to be fun it, this is hard stuff but it is what the Bible says and he said if you will accept if you go back to again chapter I believe it's chapter 27 if you go back here Jeremiah builds a yoke and he puts it on his neck and he says that, that, uh, that this is going to be Nebuchadnezzar to all the countries and he says you need to get under the yoke and allow God to, to take you into captivity and, and God, this is what God said. He says, if you'll, if you'll accept this, this carrying away, I'll take care of you. But if you don't accept this carrying away, I will destroy you. Now we read it and we think, that doesn't make sense. Israel was God's chosen people and it was an idolatrous country and all this doesn't make sense and all that. We can say, but here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to get to. We think that to be good Christians means that God does miracles for us and just takes care of all of our problems. Do you know what the truth is? Sometimes being a good Christian is saying, I have a problem. I'm going to accept my problem. And I'm going to keep on loving Jesus. Does anybody know what that is, by the way? Maturity. That is maturity. Uh, Ben Crosby, uh, I think I got that right, um, was blind by a a doctor. the surgery when they were little the surgery they were blinded and they could not see can you just imagine they'd be in, being a little child and they do an operation and you lose your eyesight and they they um could not see the rest the rest of my, and and this is what they said i am thankful that i lost my eyesight and and went on to just write many 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 gospel songs about jesus say what's the point what we would think today is we need to have a healing prayer so God will, will give them back their eyesight. But sometimes God says, you don't need your eyesight, you just need me. Does anybody, anybody hear me? Now, now that, that's not fun. That's not, that's not uh, um, um, what we want to hear. But sometimes it is the truth. And now, 
let me just pass her just for a minute. And I've tried so hard to not be critical, but let me just be, let me just pass her you just for a minute. Anybody here can handle just a little bit of pastoring right now? Anybody with me? And a little bit of pastoring right now? If you want to know the truth as your pastor, there are people in this church who have went through some horrible, horrible problems and they are much, much, much closer to God today than they was when that problem came along. And there are other people in this church that have had problem after problem after problem after problem after problem after problem, and they ain't moved one ounce. They're right where they started. You know why? I'm not going to live in this mess until God fixes it. I don't. I thought he loved me, and I'm not going to serve him until things are my way I want them to be. Well, go on being miserable then. Well, I don't understand why God isn't fixing my problems. Maybe because he sent you the problem so you get close to him. Maybe he sent you the problem so you'd move up and grow closer. But you, you are rebellious and you say, well, if God will love me, he would fix my problem and things would be great. And what you need to say is, if this is where God wants me to be, I will live here until he changes things and I will worship him and I will praise him and I will give him my best. If life never changes, I'll keep on worshiping him. Live life. You know, all of you know my story. Most of you know my story. Uh, I've been healthy all my life. I've really hardly had any health problems my entire life. Shattered my leg. I couldn't walk for about a year. Doctors didn't know that I'd ever, ever recover. I remember very distinctly laying there, but Charles, on that couch, could not walk. And I remember thinking to myself, what if you never walk again? Can I tell you that's a pretty tough pill to swallow? Had a pretty tough pill to swallow. What if you never work again? What if you never take care of Renee again? What if you can never just simply walk across the floor? What if you can never stand up and preach again? And I had to come to the place where I said, Lord, if that's your plan, I'm good with it. Is anybody with me this morning? Here's what happens. If you will follow this protocol, here's what happens. You will grow spiritually. God will become... Is there anybody here who has hurt so bad and you submitted to God and God became very, very precious? Is there anybody here that's ever had such a horrible thing and you submitted to God and God became precious? Is there anybody... Don't raise your hand. Is anybody here had a major, major problem and you prayed and God disappointed you and you became at odds with God because He wasn't doing what you wanted Him to do? See, God didn't say your life is always going to be easy. It's always going to be fun. But He did say, I have a plan. And he did say it's a good plan. And he did say, I already know the end. And he did say, if you'll do what I say, I will deliver you. Amen? So there's a plan and there's a process and there's a protocol. And that protocol, uh, if it is followed, I believe we can have joy in any season. Let's just look at the Apostle Paul just for a minute. Uh, remember that scripture, and I'm not going to try and quote it, I'll mess it all up. But that, that scripture, you know, I'm cast down and I'm in despair and I'm, and I'm all, all these things. But he said, I, I'm, I'm getting back up. Remember that scripture? You know what Paul was saying? Yeah, just imagine that. He went from being a very uh, reputable and everybody liking him and everybody looking up to him to being an outcast that nobody liked. He went into churches. Everybody hated him. They throwed him out. They wanted to kill him. They stoned him. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was uh, whipped. He, he had all these things happen to him. Uh, he finally ends up uh, in the end of his life. As you, as you read the end of his life, he says, no man's with me. I'm all alone. No one stands with me. So he's all alone. Nobody likes him. He's beaten and strapped and everything else. And he keeps on going. You know what he said? He didn't say, Lord, take away all these problems and I'll serve you. He said, 
said, if this is my life, I will serve you in this mess. I will live my life and do what I have to do. He had a thorn in the flesh. He had some physical ailment. He said, God, take it away. God said, no, you can serve me better if you have that thorn in the flesh because it'll make you humble. And Paul said, if this is my life, I'll go on living with my thorn in the flesh. What was he saying? I am submitting to the problems. If I have to live in them the rest of my life, I live in the problems. I just want to be close to God. We're missing that in the church today. And boy, I could just preach for a long time there, but can I just say, we need to grow up. Listen, if we don't know what the future holds, but can I tell you, whatever the future holds, we need to be strong. We need to be good Christians. We need to be bold and mature. And we're not going to get there by saying, God, take away all my problems, make life easy, make everything good. Sometimes we got to go through things and trust God, live life in the hard times. Amen. Let's not like it either, but it is the way it works. So let's just put a little application to it. Let's put a little application. <clears throat> everybody I talk to in this church, starting with the pastor, but everybody I talk to in this church is tired of this virus. Amen? Amen. Everybody's tired of this virus. I'm tired of the stupid mask. I'm tired of social distancing. I'm tired of, you know, I'm tired of all of it. Well, I'm with you. I'm right there. I don't like the way we're having church. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like the whole thing. Yeah. I don't like any of it, right? And we say, this is how it started out. This is how it started out. This is how it started out for me. Well, it's, you know, it's just, it's a little fluke that's coming along. It'll be over. Give it a month or so and it'll be over, right? That's how we all thought. Now, nobody knows the future. And you can say it's political. You can say it's not real. You can say whatever you want to. But listen, life has changed whether we like it or not. Right, well, I don't like it, but it's changed whether we like it or not. But here's the thing. What happens, and we all envision we're going into winter. You know, Maybe we'll go with a little bit of rough roads in winter. By next spring, everything will be good. What if it's not? What if it's not good in 22 or 23 or 25? Say, Pastor, that couldn't happen. Yeah, it could. But can I tell you, God's still good. God's still good. See, we think our, our circumstances are going to determine. No, we worship God. God is good. If we got to wear face masks till we die, God is good. If we don't get to do what we want to do, God is good. Listen, I don't like it. You don't like it. We, we wish things would change. I'm just saying, I'm trying to show you. We think that our problems going away is the answer. It's not. You know what the answer is? No matter what, I will serve the Lord. Not a phony, put on a fake smile, and I hate God, but a genuine, He is worthy, and I love Him. Amen. Amen. Anybody with me? Now, this one's going to be really rough, and I'll try to close. And I know this is going to be hitting close to home, okay? I don't know if anybody here is aware of this, but there's something in November called an election coming up. Anybody aware of that? Now, here's the way we think. I want you to get this. Here's the way we think. If it doesn't go my way, life is over. Right? We'll take our guns, we'll take our religion, we'll take our economy, we're going to take everything we got. Life is over, done, moving to Canada. Life is over. Right? I mean, it's all dependent upon the election going my way. Now, I, 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 am, I am with you in, in what we want to happen, but here's what I'm trying to say. Does anybody know there's a little scripture, and you're not going to like this, but I want you guys to get to, I'm going to give you some real strong medicine. I'm not allowed to come down here, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right? I'm going to give you some strong medicine right here. You know the Bible says that God sets in the king 
and removes the king yes, sir. the way he wants. You know, the Bible also says he steers the king like a river through the water. Yeah. Well, he can't do that if it's a certain party because they won't listen. You think God's not bigger than that? Amen. Now I want to draw you a picture. This is exactly what this message is about. I want to draw you a picture. I'm going to give you some meat to chew on. What if taking away our freedom of religion, what if our economy crashing where we're a poor country, what if taking away all of our guns, what if we don't have the freedoms, what if all those crazy people who've lost their stinking minds running our country, what if that's the way God has of getting us where He wants us to be? What if that would result in a church emerging that is pure and holy and righteous and souls are being saved and God is doing great things? No, I still want my party to win. Now, I'm not painting you a picture that I don't want my party to win because I do want my party to win. I'm painting you a picture of we base all of our eggs in one basket. If God doesn't do what I want to do, this ain't going to work out right. And I'm telling you that if it doesn't work out the way we want, God's still in control. God's still in control. God is still good to us. Sand Hill Church needs to go on no matter who's in the White House. No matter what rules they set. No matter what we got to do. We go on for Jesus. It isn't about things turning out the way we want it. It's about serving Jesus. And we can do that no matter who's in the White House. One thing they can't do, but Darren, they can't stop me from praising my Lord. Listen, they can put me in jail, but they can't keep me from worshiping Him. They can't stop me. You say, preacher, would you go to jail for your faith? I sure hope so. I just say this, if I won't, you guys need to get rid of me. Listen, we're going, we, we may find out, and I'm not prophesying, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the election. But can I just tell you, we might just find out who the real pastors are and who the fake ones are. Because there's a whole lot of them going to fold their hands and say, nah, I'm not in, I didn't sign up for that. And there'll be some other ones that say, I will not give in to Caesar. Amen? Where are we at? So, I'm done. I want to ask you guys a question. There's a lot of people in this church got problems. What if God doesn't want to take them away? There's a lot of, a lot of things that have happened in this church. Can I just give you a little uh, um, insight? We're going to have some more problems. Listen, can I just let you an insight? We're going to have some people die. We're going to have some people come down with bad diseases. We might even have some fighting amongst ourselves. We're going to have problems. Will you live life and accept your situation and praise Jesus no matter what happens? And every one of us right now ought to bow down and say, God helping me, whatever happens, I will serve Jesus. I will worship the Lord. Amen. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.